Hey, I'm Bert, and welcome to Season 2 of Dabbing with Washington Artists. If you're new to the show, the idea is simple. Six questions, six dabs. So pull up a chair, light your torches, as we interview the artists that make Washington, Washington. We're Dangerous Fashion. Uh, make sure to give us a like on Instagram, TikTok, um, just Dangerous Fashion WA. Um, we have a new single coming out March 9th called Save Yourself. Uh, it'll be on all listening platforms, Spotify, Apple Music, Bandcamp, everything like that. Um, and then we'll be doing some live shows in the springtime and then hopefully an EP coming out um, this July. For today's series of dabs, we will begin our smoke session with the blue steel, an ice cream cake, and a crunch berries. And we will round out the session with a bitch fuel, a dirty white girl, and a synergy. Hey everyone, I'm Bert, and we are Immature Stoners, and this is Dabbing with Washington Artists. And today we are joined by Dangerous Fashion. Uh, thank you guys for joining us today. Uh, some of you all may remember one half of these guys uh, from uh, previous interviews, um, but uh, other project, so different questions, uh, and uh, and we've got you, we got you on this time. So uh, double team action. I am. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to, to double team this oil here. Hell yeah. You know, weird with it. Technically triple team. <laughs> triple team. Yes. That sounds wrong. A menage <laughs> to uh, <laughs> of oil smoking. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get let's get going here on it then. Uh, we're going to get started with some blue steel. Blue Steel is an indica-dominant strain developed in Washington and is known for its cerebral high and tendency to leave the smoker feeling couch-locked and sedated. We found a gram of this sauce at a shop on Broadway in Everett. I'm doing light hits. Light hits only. That's okay. <laughs> All right, Blue Steel. The first time my dad... Uh, I was with my brother, and he like hit like heated the nail too hot. And I was just <sighs> coughing for like hours. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, um, so the first thing we like to ask everyone on the show: uh, what role does cannabis play in your creative process? Yeah, definitely. For me, I have ADHD, so I need something to help me focus, and definitely weed helps me with that, and it helps me get in the zone, especially like when I'm working on a new song, I can just kind of focus on that and not worry about anything. Mm-hmm. Mushrooms too, definitely. Um, <laughs> that helps me with my songwriting is a side, on a side thing. Because uh, a lot of our first stuff that we wrote actually came from a mushroom trip. Okay. And I've also spoken cannabis. I didn't even know that. Yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah, I had no idea. Okay. I like sped wrote a bunch of songs after a mushroom trip and that's what happened. <laughs> Well, now we know. There's an origin story there. Yeah. Like, well, there was a mushroom trip. <laughs> Lovely four-gram four trip, you know? There you go. <laughs> um, so do you have uh, current... I know you mentioned that you don't dab very much, but uh, mm-hmm. you said you... Uh, do you have any favorite strains or um, things that you're really enjoying right now? Definitely a green crack. I feel like it helps me focus a lot. Um, and it's like to help me calm down, too. Um, and then also... Blue cheese, I think it's called. Mm. It's like blue cheese number eight or something like that. It definitely helps it out. I always think that's kind of funny where when somebody says green crack helps me <laughs> focus. I'm like, that is not what the name would definitely yeah. imply. Yeah, but no. yeah I could, for but real. being ADHD, I get it. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what it is, but it just like helps me hyper. It has that opposite weird. effect. Yeah, it's just like, oh yeah, no, I'm definitely like honed in now. Like, my thoughts were all over the place, and now they're. <laughs> it's that nice cerebral high. Yeah, yep. absolutely. Um, we've had you on a, a couple of minutes. If you want to give a quick reminder for, you know, what's, at least what's your favorite strains going right now? I know well, you've answered this question a couple times. I have, but I have a couple new ones because I just had a Jungle Lotto from uh, 50 Fold. That was absolutely magnificent. Nice. It was really, really, really good. Um, Taurus's Hyphy was awesome. Really, really good Indica Hybrid. Hyphy. Yeah, hyphy. That's just a fun word to say. <laughs> it really is. It sounds it really like it is. should be naughty, but it isn't. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with that. What happened to my hyphy? <laughs> oh, Can you guess where it is? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, other than that, jealous runs. Okay, that was, all right. That was really good. Fuck yeah. Gelato number three is pretty solid too. Yes, I, I like think most of the gelato. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so for our number two, we have some really pretty ice cream cake. Ooh. Ice cream cake is an indica-dominant strain known for its rich terpene profile of vanilla and sugar cane and tendencies to leave the smoker calm and euphoric. We picked up a gram of these sugar diamonds at a shop in Bothell Everett Highway in Everett. Indo has a, a strain that they call DeLorean. I keep on telling people that it tastes like the uh, the scent of the insides of a 1980 sports car. <laughs> Every time somebody comes back, that's exactly what it tastes like. So, other seats. <laughs> so sex, shame, and perfume is what it smells like then? Sex, shame, and, and drugs. And possibly, and, cig- and possibly cigarettes. Yeah. To the side. Like a full ashtray of cigarettes. <laughs> My grandma used to smoke in her car and like you'd get it. She used to like smoke like really cheap cigarettes too. So like you'd get it. It just smells horrible. So uh, next thing we'd like to ask everyone, uh, how has living in Washington uh, influenced your sound or creative process. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm from the Pacific Northwest originally. I grew up in Federal Way um, and then moved to Seattle. But I've been really into the Seattle music scene ever since I was a kid. Um, oh, especially, yeah. I don't know if you've ever heard of the radio station, KISW, obviously. Oh, yeah. The loud and local and all that. Yeah. 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 And uh, when I was younger, I just remember my dad always like listening to it and always hearing like Alice in Chains, Candlebox, bands like that. Um, and Alice in Chains is like a really big influence of mine. He, Jerry Control is like, why I have the amp that I have and why I like model my sound after. Okay. So it's definitely the Seattle music scene is definitely ingrained in my brain at this point. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah. And, uh, and how about you, especially cause this is a little bit of a different sound from your, uh, your solo stuff. Yes, it is. Yeah. And honestly, uh, Oh no, I can't remember the band's name. There's a band who uh, I used to, who I played with in the past. What was that? That's very punk. I know, right? <laughs> uh, well, actually, now that you said that, uh, call, yeah, College Radio. They're a oh, band. Nice. Yeah, yeah, they're a band. We played a show with them a few years back uh, in a different band that I was in. And they were the ones who actually introduced me into basically the style we're playing right now. Okay. So without that local band, I probably wouldn't be doing it. Wouldn't this. be doing it. That, that, that's total legit. Like, direct connection right there. Yeah. Uh, and they're a great band. If you've and, never listened to them, you should. Absolutely. Uh, I'll check it out. Uh, and uh, you mentioned you're from here, from Federal Way? Yeah. Grew up in Federal Way from, like, since I was born up until about 12 or 13, I think. And then uh, we moved to Missouri. Then I moved back to Washington after I graduated Missouri. college and all that. I was like, I need to get out of... Missouri, and I want to be back in Washington. I primarily moved back to Washington, though, for the music scene 
like just because I know how robust and like how big it is still here. What is the Missouri music scene like? Like, is it does I, it, is it existent? I mean, <laughs> I mean, so I grew up. I lived in uh, Northeast Missouri, um, uh-huh. but the nearest city was St. Louis or Kansas City, which is like two and a half, three hours from where I was. Okay, um, I was before like into this genre because I was really into the punk scene and hardcore punk scene, and it's like really, it was really thriving in the time when I uh, like went to St. Louis. I don't okay. know about now how it is, uh, but there's hardcore shows like every weekend, always hanging out with my friends. Like it was always a super fun time. Okay, yeah, cool. So for our number three today, we have some crunch berries. Ooh. Damn it, it started. <laughs> like, smell that shit. It smells like goddamn crunch berries. Like, it smells like the actual cereal. Yeah, it does. It smells like the fucking stick your nose in the cereal box. Crunch berries is an indica-dominant hybrid with a distinct taste of crunch berry cereal and is known for its tendency to leave the smoker feeling relaxed but not couch-locked and sedated. We picked up a gram of this sauce at a shop in Capitol Hill. Ready to taste this one. There we go. A little better. This probably is going to make me cough. <laughs> probably. <laughs> I cough regardless, so. <laughs> So, uh, I wanted to know about you guys' uh, origins here. How did you guys come up with the name uh, Dangerous Fashion? And uh, does it have any further meaning? Or uh, from I like it was very difficult to try to find a name for a project that's original because every band name is taken in, on planet Earth, basically. Um, but I mostly just like strung a bunch of Twin Peaks references together. Okay. Uh, uh, there's a part where they like first find Laura Palmer's body and everything. He's like, "That's a very dangerous, uh, dangerous something." And then he says, "Fashion afterwards." That that alpha is like horribly fashioned or something like that. So it's like, oh, dangerous fashion. And I, like they kind of clicked with me like watching that episode. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. Oh, uh, what I about Twin Peaks? Well, can you tell us about the formation of of the band? Um, like, how'd you guys get together? Yeah. Uh, mostly, it was just, like, a bunch of songs that I had written together at that point. Um, I didn't really have any vocals or anything like that because I don't write lyrics. Um, once I first moved here, I, like, had stuff coming together a little bit. Um, I posted on Facebook. There's a Seattle music uh, musician scene Facebook group or whatever it's called. Um, and I posted I was looking for a vocalist, and Brett was, like, one of the first members that I added. Um, just this last year, we started adding like actual band members too. Um, okay. So we've been working together. Uh, we're pretty close to finishing up a live set, so hopefully we'll be playing live. Uh, yeah, things are coming soon. Yeah, fuck yeah. yeah. Things are coming together slowly, trying to make sure we gel perfectly. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. And how about you? Uh, so you put the ad out. Like, like yep. how did that little that beginning part go? Well, what pulled me in was um, what the song "In Perfect Life," right? That's mm-hmm. the name of it, right? Yeah. That song was the first one that uh, Matt sent me, and hearing it once, I was like, "Okay, this has got a really good, really good groove." The second time I listened to it, I already had a vocal pattern going on. So at that point, I was like, "One of the things that I've been told a lot, my sister, piano teacher, blah blah blah, if it makes you want to sing right away, it's a good song." That's a good way to think about it. Yeah. So that's literally what happened. After the second time that I listened to it, I started already having things going through my head. I'm that way, but like when I write a guitar riff, if it 
Because I, I heard it from uh, Jerry Cottrell. He said, as long as it sounds good on acoustic, then it sounds good on everything. So I always write all my songs on acoustic guitar first, and it sounds good every time. That's an interesting way to think about that, too. It's yeah. it's really, I mean, if you're using ugly chords and you're playing on an acoustic, it's not going to sound good. It's going to have too much dissonance to it. Exactly. That's true. <laughs> so if you're playing chords that work on the acoustic, it's very highly unlikely that... Does that work? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> very highly unlikely that, you know, you're, you're, oh, I've lost my train of thought. That's because you're very highly. <laughs> I am. You're right. <laughs> Bigly so. Bigly so. All right. Uh, so for our number four today, I was sitting here wondering, like, how come he's not dabbing against? Because I haven't fucking done my job, I guess. <laughs> so we've got some bitch fuel. Yeah. What a name. For, I love that one, right? <laughs> that was pretty, too. Bitch Fuel is a hybrid strain that gives the best of both an indica and sativa by delivering a physical body high with a charge of energy, and it's known for its tangy terpene profile. We found a gram of these sugar diamonds at a shop on Center Avenue in Tacoma. I just now noticed this is Rick and Morty. It's going to be weird uh, when it's not the same voice actor anymore. Yeah, it is going to be very weird. Very, very weird. I don't know what to make of it yet. I still haven't seen the most current season. <laughs> Same. I haven't seen past season three yet. Oh. I'll like season four was fun. I'll like start it and then forget that I'm watching it. <laughs> so like I barely finished season one and I still haven't watched season two and all. <laughs> I do that with shows all the time. Though. Like, I'll start it. I'll be like really gung-ho about it. And then I'll completely forget that I'm watching it. I do that too. But <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you guys describe Dangerous Fashion as a pop-punk duo, um, but you guys mentioned you are getting other band members now. Yeah. Um, who or what has influenced your pop and punk sounds? Uh, we noticed uh, one of your song names uh, is a reference to a lovable animated character. One of my favorite movies of all time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah uh, is it copyright infringement if we actually say the movie name? No, I, th- I think you can talk about Totoro. 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 <laughs> yeah, that, I, think it's, a, I think it's cool. That was a fun song. That was a fun song to do. Definitely. Yeah. Um, in terms of influences, I don't know. I guess uh, Jimmy at Roll for sure. Um, I really big. That's completely off the range of what we go for. But Deftones, I'm a really big fan of Deftones. Okay. Um, M eighty three. I was. I'm influenced by bands you wouldn't think I'd be influenced by. Like, when you listen to our music, I try to listen to the opposite. So, like, I don't know if you've ever heard of Snarky Puppy, like, oh, bands God. like that. I, I love Snarky, Snarky Puppy. Puppy. Like, I listen to a lot of weird stuff that doesn't sound like us, and that really influences me in the opposite way. It's really bizarre. I know. Okay. <laughs> I'm more influenced by movies more than I am music, for the most part. So then, uh, I, I'm guessing you wrote the, at least started the Totoro song. Like, so how is Totoro punk? Let's, let's, let's hear that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, like, I was, I actually wrote it when I was watching the movie too. So like, I kind of came okay. up with the main riff of it, like as I was watching it. Um, yeah, it's like one of my favorite animes from when I was a kid. Um, my, I remember my brother always showing me animes too, like My Hero Ac- Academia and stuff like that. Actor, a lot of, like, more mainstream, obviously. I'm, I watch for the Akira slide in uh, all movies now. Anytime you fucking see the fucking... Uh, and you can see it in the weirdest places, yeah. too. <laughs> Jordan, Peele did, Jordan Peele did it with one of his movies. They're, they're, like, watching TV, and it was, like, actually on in the background. Uh-huh. It was that, it was that uh, beginning fight scene where they're, like, on the freeway, like, chasing each other. And uh, 
his name is fucking blanking on me, where they fucking just stab him and kill him on the freeway. It's like just playing in the background. It's amazing <laughs> how many fucking movies that shit fucking movie influenced. Holy crap. For real. Um that that's fucking funny. Uh so okay, so what was writing that like for you guys? Or for you? Um Honestly it was it was kinda weird because my what I interpreted the movie to be was kind of one side of what people thought was, and then the other side of it was a complete opposite thing. <laughs> so, like, what I wrote it for, or not wrote it for, but wrote it towards, is the whole message of the movie is being patient and living in the moment and not, like, worrying about coming faster, getting out of here faster, what's <laughs> next, blah, blah, blah. And so that's when I started the song. But then the other meaning for the movie is really Totoro's death. Yeah, I was going to say, it took me forever to realize that those kids are fucking dead. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. So, like, that's, that's, like, if you listen to the lyrics, you'll actually, some of it is all about patience. Some of it is also, like, uh, no. They're basically just, like, he's going to go away for a really long time. You're yeah. never going to see him again. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Oh, pretty much. My partner thought it was a love song at first, so I was just like, <laughs> I was like, they're like, is that, is that a love song about me? I'm like, sure, question mark. <laughs> That's exactly what I was going for. Uh, for our number five today, we're already on that sativa up. Can anybody tell? <laughs> uh, we got some dirty white girl. Dirty White Girl is a sativa-dominant strain that delivers a surge of energy and tends to leave the smoker feeling chatty and social, and it is known for its sweet, citrusy smell and taste. We picked up a gram of this crumble at a shop in Capitol Hill. You know I'm high, and it's on a sativa when I'm doing this shit. <laughs> <laughs> There's no music, but I'm going to dance to it anyway. Exactly! <laughs> there's always music in my head. No, there's not. But... Right. And this was Dirty White Girl by who? I actually don't know. (laughs) (laughs) But if you happen to work for a processing plant and you would like for me to know what uh, was... (laughs) <laughs> please contact us here at immature stoners <laughs> all right uh so you guys have uh currently you have three songs on spotify um are you currently have any plans for a full-length album and right now i'm in the process of recording an ep for us i'm working through the logistics and like recording on re-recording all the music for that um okay. a lot of the songs that we have on spotify we're going to re-record um like acclimated for example we're going to speed that up quite a bit uh, we're going to tweak some things for to sound a little bit more like us now. Uh, Does it have to do with kind of like the additions to the band as well? Like, yeah. Okay. Like, you want them playing it? They definitely helped influence where we've headed yeah. at this point. Okay. Yeah, because like I, we, I, me personally, I want to play faster, so like I want to speed up the songs, and they definitely help with that for sure. I'm trying to make it a little bit more collaborative now, and so just like me, like all the way on me, like writing the songs, so it's definitely okay. helpful. Uh, but yeah, I think we're going to do four to five songs. We're going to record at least one new one that we're not going to release as a single. Okay. Um, that's going to be like our first, the main single on this EP, I guess, when we release it. Um, but yeah, we're definitely in the process. It should, I'm hoping for like a June or July release, depending on okay. logistics. That's not too far. Yeah. And then March 9th, 
our next song comes out. Yes. Yeah, you want to tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Anything you can tell us? or? Well, um, it's called Savior Yourself. Okay. And it is... <clears throat> when I wrote it, it was... Uh, Lyrics-wise, I mean. Again, Matt wrote the actual music. Uh, but the lyrics kind of came out of a place of... There's so many people trying to tell us how to live our lives and how to, you know, basically do everything right when right is really just a matter of perspective. So like stop forcing what you believe I need on me and just, you know, let me be. That's really what the message of the song is. Simple. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but dear God, people need to learn that message. <laughs> they really do. Yeah. They really, really do. And there's a lot of hypocrites out there right now too, especially about that kind of message. Yep. There's a lot. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a song that's going to speak to the time. It's fun. It's fast. It's, yeah, that's that's awesome. Uh, and you guys mentioned uh, possibly some live shows coming. Yes. Yes. Currently working on the live set with the uh, the drummer Andrew and then uh, Scott who plays bass. He's also in a lot of other bands. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so far chemistry is really good. Even though we've been around for a while and there's been like five or six different band practices, I've only been at <laughs> two. Uh, so I mean, this last practice we had was absolutely great. Things went really smoothly, really fast. Um, so I mean we're 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 working up to it. I think probably mid spring is when we'll probably be hitting the stage. Yeah. Cool. So getting ready for that summer swing and. Hell yeah! I'm excited for that. Yeah, it's gonna Trying be fun. To bug Andrew about getting stuff booked. I yep. I need to get on top of him. Just like, just like start booking places. <laughs> yep. Tell him we're three months out. That's what we were gonna play. I don't want. I don't want to do it. I don't want that on me. <laughs> it's it's. I don't know if you've ever done it, but it's not fun. It's not no, easy. I imagine. Lots of nah. So for our last app of the day, uh, we have some Synergy. Ooh, a strain I haven't had. Synergy is a sativa dominant strain with a sweet pineapple flavor that pops on the palate and is known for leaving the smoker with a surge of energy and hyper-focused. We found a gram of this sauce at a shop on Center Ave in Tacoma. I've been trying to do that because I've been doing it like the whole thing, except not with the fingers. <laughs> No, I'm not high. Not at all. <laughs> I'm totally fine. Just over here dancing with my fingers, that's all. I used to like do the eyelid thing, like I'll just like pop my eyelids when I'm high. I used to do that too. <laughs> I'd be like high and people would notice it and they're like, what the fuck are you doing with your eye? I'm like, don't worry about it. I'm just like bugging on myself. <laughs> Almost handed you the ball again. Interesting flavor. Alright, uh, so your song acclimated. Um, has very positive and uplifting message of just a, just take a minute, take a break, um, which is in stark contrast to kind of more of the edgy punk sound uh, songs out there. Do you guys see this as a product of the pop-punk fusion, or was it a deliberate goal with the song? It was kind of both. Um, one of my favorite bands that's in this genre, although it's not quite the genre, they're a little bit more uh, ska, uh, Aquabats. They'll do a lot of songs that are that are really positive, but are still like super catchy and really fun. And the night before I started writing those lyrics, I was at work and we were listening to Aquabats. Okay. So it's kind of like one of those things of like, okay, well, I I have that in my head. Let's go ahead and start writing. And the other the other part of it was I was also pretty damn depressed that day. Hooray <laughs> bipolar, you know, always fun. Uh, and so it was one of those like exercises in trying to bring yourself back up. 
So one of the things I've learned in therapy, therapy is good, kids. Go. And uh, so, yeah, that's really where the song came from me. I don't know where it came from you with your instrumentals, but they're um, awesome. Musically, uh, there's a, they're not really well known. Uh, there's a band called Jets to Brazil. Uh, it's basically, um, if you ever heard of the band Jawbreaker, it's their band post Jawbreaker. Um, and they're really, they do that a lot with their music. They'll have some like really fast, hard hitting songs, but it'll be like super positive message. Or sometimes they'll like slow it down and you're like, oh, this is supposed to be a sad song, but it's like a really positive message. It's really cool doing that and like messing with people's emotions a little bit. Uh huh. It's like you're not sure what to expect lyrically wise. I've always found like that phenomenon with like catchy but dark songs like exactly. that, pumped up kicks. Yeah. Shit like that. And where things like, like Soul Asylum. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, this is nice. Like, what is he singing about? Whoa. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Why is this catchy? Okay. <laughs> there's, a, there's another band like that. Um, they're called Super Chunk. They're from like North Carolina. There's a song called Driveway to Driveway. And it's basically, it's super upbeat. But if you listen to the lyrics, it's about some dude like trying to kill himself and his driveway like from exhaust fumes. <laughs> and I'm like, that's a really dark, those are really dark lyrics, but it's like super upbeat and happy. Like. Yeah. yeah. Have you guys, ever, have, have either of you listened to Soul Silent before? Um, I've heard of them. I've, I've never listened to them, I'm sure. It's been a long time since I listened to them. They, they had a couple really big hits in the 90s. Um, but like their, their music is really upbeat. Almost all of it is major and fast and, but literally nine times out of 10, their songs are about suicide. Oh my God. <laughs> like, I'm not kidding whatsoever. It is absolutely hilarious to me and somehow they pull it off. Yeah. It's weird how that works. Yeah. Um, but, uh, all right. And then just on kind of a personal question here, like, how do you guys define like pop punk just in general? Cause to me, it is like complete oxymoron of terms. <laughs> uh, I mean, we all, we all know Green Day. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, oh God. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> now it just clicked. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're, I mean, like you said, we, we've got Jimmy World in there who is like emo slash punk. Um, they're a huge influence on both of us. Then you've got, I mean, for me, MXPX, NoFX, Sum 41, like, all those bands, Bender, and then, well, I don't remember what you said your influences yeah. were as far as this genre goes, other than Jimmy World. I remember that. Yeah, my, I mean, like, my influences are kind of all over the place, but yeah, Jimmy World, for sure. Um, thrice. Thrice, for sure. And then, I used to listen to Thrice. Love Thrice. Yeah. Def, and then Deftones, for sure. I'm super influenced by them. Um Crosses is really good if you yeah. haven't heard that yet. And yeah. like in terms of like pop punk and what we do, I like I like that we simplify our music, but I love the overproduction aspect of pop punk because like okay. a lot of it is very pop oriented the way that it's produced. And so I always thought because I work with a producer as well, he kind of like makes everything cohesive, and he loves to make everything loud and like everything perfect. I think that's what really lends to our sound for sure. Like okay. ha- having that hard hitting part of it, but also the poppy part of it. Okay. Yeah, it's interesting. It's like thought of the being like poppy on the production side. That, mm-hmm. that makes sense. Because I I, I, I do like crazy guitar tracking. I do like six left tracks for guitar and six right and make it louder. Um, and then our drums, we layer them like crazy to make them loud. Like we do a lot of crazy okay. stuff like sound loud. Okay. That's cool. Well, hey, thank you guys for uh, for coming on and uh, and telling us about yourselves. Um, 
hopefully uh, you guys have <laughs> managed to, we're going to be smoking a little bit more after this show, <laughs> we can tell. Uh, but uh, thank you guys for joining us today. Uh, and thank you guys for joining us. Um, make sure you click like, subscribe, share with your friends, and check out our website, immaturestoners.com, uh, for T-shirts and merch and stuff. Uh, we have merch now. So help us, help us survive. <laughs> Stay high, everyone.